0: What is happening? This episode of the Golf Guide podcast is brought to you by golfguide.net. Save 20 to 70% on greens fees at golf courses all over California, a few in Oregon, a few in Nevada, some in mountains, some on the coast, some in between. Beautiful golf all over the place. Again, a 20 to 70% off at golfguide.net. And just for being so awesome and listening to the podcast, Enter the promo code GG, as in Golf Guide, GG Podcast at checkout and save 5% on any and all golf courses in the store. Once again, that's golfguide.net. Find the golf you need. All right, the British Opens this weekend. Let's do this. Local time. So, I believe they're eight they are hours, eight hours ahead.
1: ahead. They're eight hours ahead of so us. So, at
0: 1035. So, really, 25 and a half hours from right now, the first group of Colin Montgomery. Is that the first group? Mark Leishman and Luke Donald. Wow. Will go off at 635. That's thrilling. That's a power group. Did you get things started? You know, Luke Donald, nothing more exciting than him. Was he? I... I, I I saw something the other day and I couldn't believe it because it didn't seem real even though I actually have the memory of it happening. He was the number one player in the world or no?
1: Luke Donald, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You're goddamn right he was. Like, what? Well, you know. How would that happen? Well, who put those rankings together? I you don't know. know. It's, yeah, it's a bizarre system. Martin
0: Keimer was the number one player in the world not too long At least Martin ago. Martin Keimer won a couple of majors. Yeah, like Luke Donald.
1: It, by all accounts,
0: seems like a very pleasant Nice fellow.
1: Yeah, it's strange. Well, you, you think back on the guys who've been number 1 in the world. Uh, you got Greg Norman and Tiger Woods. And of course, I think the the rankings came around When did they come around? The mid-80s?
0: Honestly, I'd want to say before that cuz I thought like when Jack and Sevi and and Arnie were around, like there might have been rankings, but that don't all, that so. seems that seems far-fetched. I As I, I say I it out loud, it seems no, far-fetched. I don't think so. I think that you look at number ones, it's like
1: Faldo, uh tiger woods i think vj was number one briefly oh but for I, sure uh yeah. semi briefly uh but then you got the the fun little group of guys who were number one for like six seconds and mm. luke donald was number one for for not very long
0: not very long at
1: all um tom Lehman was number one and i think that might have been for like a month I think Fred Couples might have been number one for a month or something like that.
0: That sounds pretty cool. Right. I do like me some Freddy. Yeah. Uh, and then besides that,
1: you got all the new guys who have come on after Tiger,
0: you know, went went to, to pot. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I'm trying to look up the historical world golf rankings right now for, you know, past years. It's given me nothing. Yeah, well. Absolutely nothing. All I got is week 28, week of July 10th right now.
1: Yeah, it's not quite as popular of an internet search as uh, Taylor Swift's uh, <sighs> current boyfriend or who whatever the fuck she's
0: doing. What? I hear a lot of people are turning on Taylor Swift. I saw some...
1: I, I You know, we're not going to talk about this. Okay,
0: well, okay. I was about to go off. She's talented. Is she?
1: Well, she's more talented than me, but does that mean anything?
0: I like to think of myself as being on the better side of average... Talent-wise, regarding musical stuff, and she's far musically superior than I am.
1: If you're a hot chick and you can sing a little bit and you kind of have a personality, you're you might not make 170 million dollars a year, but you're you're gonna have a, a decent life. Okay,
0: yeah, that's that, that's very safe. Well, everybody, the Golf
1: Guide Podcast, it's back. Oh, I would have. Stiflingly hot in this studio right now.
0: It is. Do you, should we open up the window a little bit? You care to no, get a little fresher. No, it's air? more
1: fun and more intense to be. You know, it feels like we're in an old press
0: box. Certainly. I mean, and the thing is, you know, we're kind of confined. We're kind of like old, you know, old-timey journalists sitting down. We've got our beverages right here. Our vices sitting on I'm, the table that we're indulging is in
1: empty, and there aren't any more. So this is getting very dire for me. All right, I'm sweating well, all the fluids out. I'm
0: having no fluids in. We're gonna have to speed this thing up here, real Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> well it's british open week thank god like we said great it, major I mean, it's 25 and a half hours away from the time the first guys tee off by the time anybody's listening to this it's going to be tonight or it's already happening um and what a, yeah i mean is this your second favorite major of the year it kind of after, after the masters like of the other three which which one do you enjoy watching the most
1: this is the second most enjoyable to watch. Yeah. Now that the USGA has kind of bungled the US Open and mm-hmm. uh, the PGA just kind of, it's everybody's exhausted, this is very exciting, very interesting. I love the fact that it's on in the middle of the night because I love staying up. I love getting up early. Mm-hmm. I love all that bullshit. Uh, very exciting. Uh,
0: the golf courses are all fantastic. Yeah. Well, allow me to shamelessly plug... Uh, some stuff on golf guide right now at golfguide.net our boy Ricky Vasek wrote an article um just a couple of days ago called the perfect day watch golf in the morning and then you get to go out and play golf in the afternoon the same thing that I was relaying to you yesterday so, you, so that's where you copied that proposal from he copied me I'm sure he did yeah he definitely copied me uh-huh. I, I was i was saying that i inspired him to write this article you are inspiring thank you and But no, like you said, you watch golf all morning. Like say, uh, really, we, we should know exactly what time the broadcast starts. Although I do know that NBC is doing the coverage and our boy Mike Tirico yeah. has switched from ESPN to NBC. So having Mike Tirico calling the action this weekend, I think is going to be wonderful. I love Mike Tirico. Well, so Mike Tirico always did the British Open on ESPN, right? But for, yeah, but for ESPN. Now right. NBC is handling the coverage. And that he, should be good. Yeah, I think it's going to be really is good. Is
1: Johnny Miller on the team
0: I don't believe so. I think Are it's you th- sure? Uh no, I'm not sure. <laughs> but NBC always has Nick Faldo, doesn't don't they? Oh my god, you're putting me on the spot now.
1: Uh I think it's CBS that has Faldo.
0: Well, the good news is it doesn't really matter because everybody listening to this already <laughs> knows the answer and they're not relying on us. <laughs> That's true. Very, very true. <laughs> um but yeah, I I think it's my second uh favorite one as well. You did touch on the USGA, and before we jump too much into the British Open, because that's what the whole rest of the episode's going to be on. What were your thoughts on the second consecutive shit show? And t- <laughs> The USGA's two biggest tournaments have just had huge dookies taken right in the middle of the final round by the same people that you know claim to be the, the holders of the game's values and traditions and are the ones that make it great.
1: Well, if golf... In at its highest level of bureaucracy, should be anything. It's it's tone deaf <laughs> and, and slow to respond <laughs> to the, the world because that's the the knock on golf and they uh, and they uphold the, tra- the traditions of the game and the traditions of the game involve being tone deaf and isolated in an ivory tower and having nothing to do with the actual playing of the game. Yeah, and so of course the. <laughs> You know, the Coats at the USGA don't know the names of the players. They don't know what the hell's going on. Batman. They they, they, <laughs> they get scared of their own shadow because they fucked up the men's US Open so badly that then they, they rush without thinking down to tell people this, that, and the other thing and have no consideration about the unfairness that might ensue in a playoff situation. Of course, you know, the penalty itself was a penalty. And so long as we have cameras that... Accurately catch a penalty. A player doesn't have to have known it happened. We know it did. Mm-hmm. It's just like instant replay. You know, you you can't pretend like something like that didn't happen just because the player didn't notice it at the time.
0: If you'd have the benefit of hindsight and you were one of those stooges in one of the USGA shirts, how would you have handled it?
1: I I would have told both of the players at the exact same time. I think about the penalty.
0: Mm-hmm. And and
1: and as quickly as possible, because it was pretty clear that that was a penalty. Right. Uh, You know, the mistake that they made at the men's tournament was thinking it was a penalty in the first place. Of course, they did end up assessing it. Uh, But then, you know, saying, hey, we need to chill out for like two and a half hours and figure out whether this was a penalty by looking at the same video that is the only evidence of it over and over again. So that was the mistake there. Yeah.
0: Well... I guess this is a a more serious question. Should what Anna Nordquist did, should that be a penalty? Well, you know,
1: it's hard to draw a line, isn't it? That what is grounding the club? If you allow what she did to not be a penalty, then you kind of have to allow just soling the club in the bunker because how else do you determine degree? Hmm. i just think it's impossible to draw it's a it's a nice bright rule it's a clear rule to draw
0: yeah it is easily enforceable which is something that the usga needs all the help they can get really every professional sport in america needs all the help they can get in terms of drawing clear lines of what is and what is not
1: <laughs> although is is the grounding of the club not being allowed in in hazards what what is that it's just an additional penalty yeah is it's it just, not they're to basically make it harder?
0: they're basically just kind of being dicks right I mean, there's not really a huge, I, I don't really know of a huge advantage. I guess in the bunker, maybe I could see there being a little bit of an advantage. And because... meanwhile, the
1: rule is about hazards. So you can't do it if your your ball is on grass in a water hazard or, you know, it, it's even broader yeah. than bunkers. I just don't it's know why, why it'd a it would be penalty anywhere else. It's just got to be to make it harder, obviously. Right. But, but, you know, it's funny that the rules of golf don't allow you to press down on the turf or the grass behind your ball when you're addressing it Uh, you know anywhere right you know but meanwhile we we know what the pros are doing everybody does a huge scam they've got going they just make it they they dress it up a little bit make it seem like they're not doing it (laughs) they are moving that grass around like (laughs) like you've never seen before (laughs) pressing with almost all of their might (laughs) down on the grass to get nice pressing Nice big white back of the ball, ready to be smacked. They do it on every shot. Yes,
0: go go on.
1: Uh, you know they're they're wriggling. They're <laughs> doing so. Ooh. It's just you know which grounding rules are going to be. Are we going to enforce like fascists, and which ones are we just going to be like, hey, oh, everybody does that.
0: Well, this is the thing. Is like, why is it a two-stroke penalty? Like, if, well, I don't know. I mean, like, okay, it's a penalty, but why two strokes? It's a little severe.
1: Like. I, I guess they need to make it more penal than it would be to just take your ball out of the hazard. Uh-huh. So. Well, I have or, a question for or you. Did,
0: or do, do or do they? This is the last thing that I'll bring up because I know that, you know, people are probably listening to this, The you know, the hundred listeners that we do have, the ones that are listening right now. Uh, by the way, watch this one only. I have like 60 downloads or something like that after I say that. Right. But, I mean, they're listening for the British Open, but when I hear about this kind of stuff and how it's still being enforced today, yes, they're up in their little, you know, secluded, you know, masturbation tower up somewhere where they're just totally out of tune with reality. And do any of the people that have a say in what the rules of golf are actually play golf? It doesn't seem like it does it? it. They just seem so out of touch in that, like, if any of them actually were forced to play by these rules themselves, they surely would be like, man, like, I'm not a professional. This is pretty fucked up but i heard alan shipnuck when actually one of my favorite writers for for golf magazine he I, well, maybe it wasn't him but i think it was alan in that saying that maybe it's time to start having two sets of rules an amateur and a professional set of rules i
1: think that's a bad idea really yeah bad idea
0: why uh,
1: you know the the joy of golf one of the joys is that you are playing the exact same sport that the professionals are playing
0: uh-huh
1: mm uh If I didn't have that, I think I would care a little bit less about what I was doing. I don't know why that is. It's just a weird psychological thing. But they're certainly playing a different game than I am. But it's You and I
0: pretty much are. Most people aren't, though. I mean, really, like, how many people are giving themselves two-foot putts? Okay, well... How many people are taking mulligans? They're not playing the same game. It's not so much that, that amateurs or people
1: playing for fun should always perfectly adhere to the rules mm-hmm. we all you know depending on the level of casualness and how quickly we need to be done and who we're playing with and you know we've all bent a rule here or there in a non-official non-handicap or an event. official event well so <laughs> uh you shout know, out
0: the county junior golf tours oh
1: christ <laughs> but the uh
0: michael taylor i'm talking about you
1: oh boy it's getting heavy shots fired defamation <laughs> but uh the, just because you don't always stick to the perfect rules, mm-hmm. mean, that doesn't mean you have to create a whole other rule book. No matter what the rule is, people will not obey it.
0: Yeah. You know, it. come on. that's yeah. why. Whatever the, the driving laws are. That's why are, they have that whole rule where you can't post any rounds that you play by yourself anymore. That's a bad rule. By too. the way, USGA, I do that all the time. It's a bad rule. It's stupid. Fuck, fuck, your couch.
1: I think most people with handicaps who are honest will be the same way with their rounds by themselves that they are with the rounds that they play with people. Mm-hmm. So it's a kind of a, a foolish rule. Yeah, getting a little bit very much so. a little bit grabby.
0: So egg on the face still bigger in the men's U.S. Open than the women's. Yeah. Okay. Definitely. Yeah. But Bo- but
1: but it's a shame that you know one player had a strategic advantage because of the timing with which the usga made its revelation not a huge deal it didn't affect the outcome but uh it was a mistake and i think it made them look bad because the reason they did the reason they made the mistake is that they got pilloried so badly by everybody for their delay with the men's tournament that they just had a reactionary uh you know way of dealing with this Hmm.
0: do you think and this is the last question i'll ask you about the u.s women's open before we continue if they'd had high def cameras on every bunker shot taken over the course of the four days in the tournament how many more penalties do you think would have been assessed i don't think it happens that often
1: it's funny my dad uh was a you know big golf fan always was watching for that he was like actually like every bunker shot he was looking for sand to move not that he would call the golf tournament (laughs) and rat somebody out he wasn't trying to enforce the rule but he always was curious to see because he thought hey that's got to be so easy to do totally why doesn't it happen all the time but i can't remember doing it too many times in my golf career well neither can i i've done it before then you think anna nordquist like she had no idea she did it either yeah and and i completely buy that because she didn't really what, move like that three, much. Sand.
0: Three grains of sand, or you it know, was I mean, more I'll, than that. I mean,
1: she, she made a little bit of an impression one, mark on her back. Yeah, there's but, like
0: a tiny little cluster. I don't know. I couldn't give you a precise she number the, how many individual grains were included. Probably, in this little probably cluster, surprisingly many. Yeah, but I mean, due, it was, due to the nature of, sand. I mean, with the naked eye, not in slow motion, you might not have seen it. And I'm sure she didn't feel it at all. Oh no, no so, absolutely not. You know, so the, I wonder, is, are we doing that same thing, and we just don't feel it, or, or you know, know what?
1: It? Hey, in the little league game, you know, if the the umpire calls a guy safe who's not safe it probably doesn't get caught either hmm. you know it's there when there are more eyes more things are seen and there's nothing wrong with that hmm. i think uh we all love these hd shots of impact and bunkers and stuff that that porno is is the next best thing to real porno <laughs> it is <laughs> yeah and good. and as long as we have evidence that a rule is being broken it doesn't you, have anything you to do gotta with... enforce it you gotta enforce it yeah i agree with that you know we we can't go back to the pre-camera
0: days of sport you do hear a bunch of fucking morons on like actual talk radio being like get rid of instant replay and all this kind of stuff like it's ruining the game instant replay sucks but there's no other thing to do you can't just go back to getting things
1: wrong right like just exactly things, you can't just, even accept you, that you can't do that instant replay more than anything else is just a fucking waste of time in terms of the amount of time that it takes
0: they've got to have I a just more... expect normal umps and referees just to get shit right it's so hard. so hard, though. From my three semesters of intramural basketball officiating at Chico State. Yeah. but I can't That shit st- is fucking hard. That it was is, the worst job I've ever had. It is
1: hard. <laughs> and people are all mad at you. It's a thankless job if there ever was one. It's like being a judge without any prestige.
0: <laughs> and uh, anyway. I heard so. a rumor tonight that if you're a federal judge, you get a special little change made to your license plate on your car. So when sure. cops, you know, or if you're doing something bad. They uh, they can check and it'll show that they're a fe- you're a federal court judge, and usually they can then use their judgment to whether that's, or not
1: that that's got to be a myth that there's no way that's a real thing. I am gonna guess that might be a real thing. You're completely. You've got to be wrong.
0: Am
2: I? Yeah. No.
1: It's not like being a diplomat.
0: A federal judge.
1: Every single law that applies to an ordinary person applies to a federal judge. The only thing that you would it, think. I mean on the books every law that applies to Mm -hmm. a a, a normal person applies to a federal judge the only thing that they get that's special is you know besides all the fringe benefits and uh, life tenure is that uh, they uh, have immunity for everything that they do while they're while they're doing their job but that doesn't mean that while they're maybe if they were driving a car while they were conducting a case like they were doing uh, Bluetooth uh, presiding over a conference of attorneys (laughs) then that you would have immunity but that would be an interesting case Uh, well where'd you hear that uh,
0: a friend who world news net well a friend whose son is an officer of the law No. and Uh, that's not good enough for me He said that he ran the plates on a, a car that he thought looked like his a friend, you know, his dad's old car because he was basically making a couple of illegal lane changes on the California stop. And uh, when he ran his plates, it came up, you know, this is a federal judge. And so then from there, you basically use your discretion as to whether or not you would like to well, pursue you any— know, Maybe a police department has
1: chosen to put the federal <laughs> judges on a little alert system. This is, in, this is in Sacramento. There's no way that this is dictated by the law. No way! Interesting. I heard that when you um, eat pop rocks and drink a coke, your stomach
0: explodes. <laughs> that'd be dope. Yeah, yeah. You hear about that? Would you snort pop rocks? Sure. What the hell do I have to live for, man? That'd be some wild times. Yeah. <laughs> while we're on, while I'm tangenting, I have one more thing I want to bring up to you, and then we'll jump into the British Open. Yeah, we keep teasing. What What is up with this Pokemon game that I'm hearing so much about? It's funny, I was hanging out with people this weekend,
1: and I noticed, and I was kind of away from what I usually am doing, which is refreshing Twitter maybe <laughs> maybe two or three times a minute mm-hmm. the whole, you know, day. <laughs> so I didn't really know that the Pokemon thing, I I was very, but, but I saw it out in public and with people who, at a, a party I was at, and I didn't ask about it, but I figured, Everywhere. oh my god, like there must be some new Pokemon thing, and of course there is, but anyway, it's just an app. Say, that, uh they superimpose Pokemon on the real world th- through your phone, and then you you shake
0: your phone or something at them, and and thereby catch them. Yeah, and... it's called augmented reality, where they blend the real world with the digital gaming world. Yeah, well, and so, but obviously, you know, just learning about this yesterday, and then you know, checking the news again this morning, I, I learned that Pokemon Go uh, nudes are now a thing.
1: What does that mean? Are the pokemon nude i thought they were all
0: nude no no, no like <laughs> peop, so the pokemon appear in your phone like when you look it looks through the camera so it just shows you what's in your environment on your phone but then somehow a pokemon is worked into that right i've seen the screenshots so yeah. now it's like become a big thing to like take nudes of yourself or with friends like through the app and then there's like a pokemon chilling on like your body and you screenshot it oh i understand or like well, how- or, or that was only a matter of time or you're having sex with Bay and you get a camera you yeah. know over there filming pokemon while you know you're doing your thing that
1: sounds really uh like a good use of everybody's time
0: there's actually an entire subreddit now of that dedicated to pokemon go nudes wow 2016 is awesome
1: <laughs> i saw it, i saw some tweet you know and you can all, you can always frame one of these but like you know somebody from 1996 uh shows up in the world today and they're like, oh, the big stories are uh, you know, fucking Hillary Clinton, Donald Trump, Pokemon. And it's, it's like it's <laughs> like it's like nothing <laughs> that has even changed.
0: Uh, that is terrifying. Yeah. And hilarious funny. all at the same time. Yeah. Well anyway. No, but l- last thing, I was okay, at please, a party
1: I, I was at a party and uh there were some, you know, people at the party, there will be people, no even golf though, even though I was there. And the real nice guys and stuff, but there's I, they were way involved in Pokemon. They left the party to go catch Pokemon hmm. for like fifteen
0: minutes. I think that's what you do. I guess do I, that's the if they're ca- hidden all the over catch the phrase anyway. If they're hidden all over the place, though, you can't just like step outside of your house and catch them. That that's what. They oh, can't just be there. Like you have to go out and, you, f- and you, find them. You, one, you, would, one would think.
1: You heard the best stories today, right? About this game, we have to keep. We have to mention this.
0: That <laughs> there's uh, just been so much weird shit. Like uh, this is better than the
1: nudes. Yeah, it
0: it keeps on popping up, like on all of my like my news feeds. Every... It pops up
1: much like the Pokemon pops up. <laughs> yeah. The the Holocaust Museum had to tell people we think it's I inappropriate did, for you to be catching Pokemon it. in here, which is amazing. <laughs> and so did Arlington Cemetery. Arlington National oh. Cemetery had to say, we don't think it's... And they actually had to say this in the statement. We don't think it's an appropriate activity for the cemetery.
0: So the powers that be at pokey World, like, actually, do you think, like...
1: I don't think they understand what the places... Are. I don't even know enough about the game. Forget it. But, it, by the way, the Holocaust Museum won't be able to enforce that. Like, as far as I know somebody will find a way around that they'll put like the most important pokemon in there <laughs> just some hacker will defend it <laughs> you're not allowed to Pokemon well, there I,
0: I don't know if you heard this but like apparently in this game like not only do you like go around and you catch them but then you like meet up at certain spots that the game is predetermined I, I, to like i heard these people battle other people this. right and some it's just these, like the story yeah these you know uh very savvy criminals Found oh, out that right. there was a, a meeting place where these nerds were jump, you know, getting together and battling their Pokemon. You know, they at least have a phone to steal. Yeah, so they just get there, they they jump them, they take all their stuff, and they're on their way. And they, and they had quite a bit of success until some somebody got wise. Their, their reality wasn't so augmented. Then, was it? <laughs> but uh, anyway,
1: all right, that's enough. That's enough of this shit. All right, let's move on to the major that's happening in
0: about twenty five hours. Both of our second favorite. Major championship on the calendar is taking place beginning Thursday morning. Um, Royal Troon Golf Club. I think the last time the Open was at Royal Troon. Oh, geez. I want to say 2004. And, oh, goodness. Who was the guy who won? Uh-oh. He was so awful. Um, oh, it was
1: Todd Hamilton.
0: Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. So, Todd Hamilton was the last man.
1: When I heard so awful. <laughs> <laughs> I guessed it was Todd Hamilton. <laughs> he was, it was the year of the hybrid.
0: Yeah, yeah. So Todd the Hamilton with the
1: hybrid from the surrounds of the oh, green. That's right. It, that, that's what made that fashionable.
0: Uh huh. You know, it's wild. So Todd Hamilton was the last person to win at Royal Troon in two thousand and four. I thought this was pretty interesting. The last five Open Championships that have been ta- that have taken place at Royal Troon, mm-hmm. all won by Americans. That is interesting. Everyone. That is shocking. So if you sure. if you go if you, you go back West, you? in reverse in reverse order, two thousand four Todd Hamilton, Justin Leonard in ninety seven, Mark Kalkovecchia in eighty nine, Tom Watson in eighty two, Tom Weiskopf in nineteen seventy three, and actually goes back one further when Palmer won it there in sixty two. Amazing. Yeah.
1: That's what what are what are the odds of that? Is but.
0: that going to influence any of your gambling or, you know, winner takes going into this weekend? Oh Jesus. <laughs> I
1: yeah, you caught me you caught me off guard with that one. I uh what well, sounds to me like there's a lot of guys who don't hit the ball very far mm-hmm. who are able to win at this golf course.
0: Which makes me reconsider my, you know, my thoughts that I, you know, I thought Dustin Johnson could go in and just there's have no, this tournament. There's just no reason, just
1: have it. There's no reason to no reason to bet against Dustin Johnson at this point. Right. It's hard, you can almost never say that hitting it short is an advantage. Mm-hmm. But at the very least it shows that Hitting it short doesn't stop you from winning here.
0: Well, I know I certainly just from the um, a little bit of the course tour that I saw. I mean, this it's kind of long, is it not? Well, so it's it's so Royal Troon, um, tough golf course. You know, traditional link style, and that it's out and back. You know, you start at the one place, you basically head out for nine holes, and you head back for the you know the the back nine. Um, from what I understand, the entire front nine is more or less with the wind, and then coming home. You're basically straight into a one, two, three club wind the entire way back to the clubhouse. Um I did at one point have a pretty nice little uh course tour to go through with you here, so you might have to just uh hold on for just a moment. But in the meantime, the world rankings, as I said right now, Jason Day one, DJ two, Speed three, McElroy four, McElroy did you hear the press conference yesterday? I heard about the press conference. I read the quotes. Thoughts? I like
1: hearing McElroy talk about stuff. He's, I do, too. He's he's gotten real saucy. He's always been saucy, but he's saucier than ever. So, so, so very saucy. I liked I, the... Uh, he's Den- carbonara smooth right now. It, it's... <laughs> I liked the denigrating comment that he made about everybody else's major total. That was good. <laughs> wait, wait, um, wait, wait, refresh me. Is it, if somebody in, who's listening to this
0: has not heard it before, what was the what was the quote? Well,
1: I you know I I didn't listen to it, so I don't know what inflection he put on it, and I'm paraphrasing, but it was something to the effect of you know I'm looking to you know keep adding to my total of four and. And those other guys are, you know, they're looking to add to their totals of one or two, (laughs) you know, not in that quite of a blunt way. But they brought up, you know, hey, Dustin Johnson, Spieth and Jason Day It's like, yeah, those guys are looking to add to their one or two majors.
0: Yeah. That's, and I'm looking
2: to add a, to
1: my four. That's a savagely
0: big dicked comment. I like that. Yeah, it's that. like
1: you add up all their majors; it's the
0: same as my majors. Yes. <laughs> so
2: <laughs>
0: that really is uh, the way it is. Well, you know, saw also that Spieth pulled out of the uh, the Olympics here in the last couple uh, who, days. Who didn't pull out of the Olympics? <laughs> I think I pulled out of the Olympics. <laughs> uh, the, I I get did, why they're not doing it. Did you see? But, it, but I'm Good bummed out. About, did you see McElroy's quote from that same press conference at the Open yesterday when they said? Uh, what are you going to be watching? Are you going to be watching the Olympics? He's not even going to bother. He said, yeah, I'll be watching track and field. Right. Other stuff like that. You know, the stuff that matters. Right.
2: Right. Oof. 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 (laughs) Oof.
0: (laughs) I think maybe what they didn't
1: bargain for is how much money these guys make and how they... It's not so much that they don't care about winning a golf tournament. It's that I, I honestly think that the thing is that they make so much money and that they feel like they're being used by the IOC mm-hmm. and by television to be sent down to Brazil to play a golf tournament with no prize money. Right. And there's a grain of truth in that. You know, it, it, you, it, 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 it's a bit of a similar situation to the, the NCAA that True. we have a lot of great athletes who make a lot of money for people. Who don't ever get any money for it. I mean, maybe they get some sponsorships to train, and maybe they get sponsorships after... You know, it's not quite as draconian for the Olympians. They can get, like, the Wheaties deal, and they can, they're they hot True. for five minutes. But then most of these Olympians go broke, not just in, in poor countries, but in the United States. Being they,
0: an Olympian, like a track and field athlete or a rower or a <laughs> please, triathlon...
1: Please, please. Yeah, I mean, and uh, so I was looking forward to watching a a good golf tournament with the best players in the world, uh, for you know, country and rooting for the American players. Uh-huh. And I'm still going to root for the American players, but I am definitely not as excited to watch the golf tournament because it will not determine the best golfer in the world. Like right. ev- like every golf tournament that's exciting should. Yeah, that's the reason the majors are good. That's the reason the world golf championships and the the prestigious full field events are good. Like the the players is because all of the best players are in them. That yeah. is ultimately they could play on, on the surface of the moon and it would still be a a worthwhile tournament because we would be choosing from the best. And now we've got
0: now more than ever sports fans crave field. success and they crave star power. And really without it, it basically, you know, you're playing the US amateur. It's this, you know, I don't want great golfers who you don't know of and that it's hard to fully emotionally support because you don't have any emotional tie to them or their careers.
1: And there are the there are the sports in the Olympics that uh, they've had, you know, the amateur athletes only play in them Mm -hmm. over the years. And I, I don't know what determines when they do that and when they don't. But for the longest time, I think basketball was not professionals. Like if you were a professional, you weren't allowed. I'm not sure about that, but then of course now professionals are on the Olympic team. But no. baseball uh, may still be, and certainly was, uh, just no lo- amateurs. Yeah,
0: it's no longer an Olympic sport. They
1: right. Whoop, so away with it. The, that explains that. But <laughs> but see, this is that actually brings me to my point, which is that I get why they need to emphasize the amateurism thing because they're not paying anybody. Yeah, but. I didn't ever care about Olympic baseball because these aren't the best baseball players in the world. No. You know, if I want to watch the best baseball players in the world, I'll I'll drive an hour down to San Francisco.
0: You go watch track and field. Those are the best track and field athletes in the world. Yeah. You you. That's why you're compelled to watch. I it. don't.
1: I wouldn't give a less of a shit about any of these sports in the Olympics if they didn't have the best players in the or the best athletes in the world at those things in it. Yeah. That's the only reason. That's why cares. you watch. Right. And so the sports that never had that, I never watched. Boxing, it, it you, know, you haven't been able to have professionals, I think, in it for many of the competitions. So even yeah. though you've got great boxers like Muhammad Ali who won the gold medal in the Olympics, that was back when he was a, a kid. Mm-hmm. I don't think he was ever in the Olympics again. And I, I think that Olympic boxing is still amateur. So I, I don't care about Olympic boxing because of that. I, I'm rooting for the Americans out of the corner of my eye while I'm making
0: a sandwich, and that's as far as it's going to go. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't know. I'm I, I'm torn. I I want to like Olympic golf. I, di- I do, but I just don't feel emotionally invested. I would if all the players were in it. Right. It would be great. The golf course is supposed they've... to be awesome. There, there's a new article that I haven't read yet, but in the new Golf Digest, they came up with an Olympic issue. And it kind of goes over how Gil Hans, the, the architect of the course down there, essentially like tells the story of how he beat out Jack Nicholas, Greg Norman, Gary Player and some other architects to be able to like win the prestige of designing the Olympic course. And now this years of work that he's put into like living in Rio, like while you know the course is being you know shaped and seated and all this kind of stuff like that, he's gonna end up having a mediocre golf tournament played at his, at his course. and it's like uh, for him I, I, like I feel- think of all the people like he should be more disappointed than anybody else. Like, he literally well, designed this golf course with some of these specific people in mind who are now pulling out and not going to be playing. I have to think that it's
1: probably going to be about uh, three years before this, this whole golf course is like a dirt, <laughs> barren, <laughs> you know, wh- however good it might be. It just, Brazil's not really a golfing country. No. no so no. I don't see where the, the players are going to come from for this golf course. <sighs> what yeah. a big waste. It, it just goes to show that the Olympics is hugely wasteful. Yeah. And I think it's a great idea, but they need to stop making it so goddamn good. These grand, Olympics are going to be a
0: real, real shit show.
1: There's always the, the, the standard Olympic story. It's almost like a carbon
0: copy it's of all the other time. ones
1: where, oh, the city's not ready. Every, they, see, everybody sewage was, Everybody was and, saying
0: something basically exactly the same for Sochi. Right. And that
1: yeah. turned out fine on TV. Yeah. Even though it was a total boondoggle and a big fuck up and full of corruption and shitty infrastructure projects <laughs> that are now... And we've all seen those pictures of, like, dilapidated Olympic sites. Yeah. That's all true, but it never actually mars the proceedings that much. It's just... Right. It is a monument to folly, though, how much effort is put into the Olympics <sighs> by these host countries. It is such a money laundering mechanism. Uh, it's it's
0: almost worse than FIFA. <laughs> almost. So. On the same level. definitely, Most certainly in the same playing field. Right. Yeah, with all that sponsored... Icky oh, my money. God, it's vile. Yeah, it is vile. Anyway,
1: jumping
2: and back again,
0: into I it. And I will watch the men's diving. Regarding the men's professional golf tournament taking place at Royal Troon this weekend. Yeah, that's much better. Before we start trying to figure out who we like and what we want to watch, um, how much stock do you put into how guys are playing heading into the tournament? Huge, Especially maybe huge. like the weekend, the, the tournament right before. Big stock. Big stock. Big stock. So were you? did you have your eye on the Scottish Open then at Castle Stewart last weekend? Barely. Barely. I,
1: my whole weekend I was almost I was almost dead.
0: Okay. So I um I'll just go over some of the some of the names kind of towards the top of the leaderboard so before we jump into it, um, you can offer maybe some thoughts and see if any of you know any of this will have an impact on who you like heading into the weekend because I'm like you, I think how guys are playing going into the tournament is huge. But also this, you got a a Lynx, Scottish Lynx course. That's going to have a lot of the same style, uh, stylistic, you know, play and sh- you know shots that guys are going to be hitting. It's become so a they're... popular
1: warm-up pathway. Yeah, um, since Phil kind of made it acceptable to go over
0: there. Well, Phil, Phil participated in the Scottish Open last always, weekend. He always does. Um, He's won the Scottish Open. He tied for thirteenth. That's pretty good. So top fifteen for Phil. Um, shot seven under. Guys who beat out Phil. Uh, Martin Keimer tied him. Tied for thirteenth. Pat Reed tied for tenth. Uh, who also tied Graham McDowell, tied for 10th at 9 under. Um, and then if you're jumping in top 10, here's what we got Russell Knox out of Scotland, also tied yeah. for 10th. Yeah. Uh, Two way tie for 8th uh, between Spain's Jorge Campillo. Campillo. Okay. And then also England's Callum Shin- Shinquin. Of course. <laughs> uh, Two way tie for 6th between Andy Sullivan mm. and uh, Richie Ramsey. Okay, great name, Richie Ramsey.
1: Is he even in the um, open field? I mean, he's—I don't I've believe seen him so. Around golf, you know, for years, but so this
0: is where I think it gets a little bit interesting, and where I'm trying to think about how much stock I want to put into this. There's a three-way tie for third, two strokes off the off the winner, and that was between Matteo Yeah. Matteo Manassero, Nicholas Colsart Colstart, yeah, yeah, Nicholas Colstart, bul- and Bomber, the great Danny Lee, Danny Lee, yeah, Danny Lee. Tied for I third. just can't do it again.
1: <laughs> I think he's great for your DraftKings team. If, yeah, if, he, if Totally. If not, everybody that, else is thinking. on him, but uh, I can't go down the Danny Lee Express right. again.
0: It, it's t- it's tempting it when I tempting. When, when I saw him go, you know, basically tie for there. I was like, ooh. Who, who were draft. two and one? Uh, so second place is England's Tyre, uh, Tyrell Hatton. Okay. And first place was won by Sweden's Alexander Noren. Okay. Uh, out of all the guys that you mentioned on that list. Mm-hmm. The
1: one who appeals to me the most would be Andy Sullivan. Yeah. I like that, Andy Sullivan. That guy is totally under the radar. I mean, maybe all the other golf uh prognosticators and book people are on him. Mm-hmm. Uh for all I know they are. I really haven't listened to sure. what anybody else has said about this tournament. But he fits that Danny Willett British oh. mode yeah. of lying in the weeds. He's high in the world rankings. I don't know how he's been in general with form lately, mm-hmm. but if you take a look at his last like six tournaments and you see that he's made five cuts with two top
0: tens or something, then I'd say, what the hell take him. Sure, I agree. Other notable names in the top 30 from last weekend's Scottish Open, Brennan Grace tied for 29th. Yeah. Um, Steve Stricker tied for 21st. I forgot it. Soren Kjeldsen tied for 21st? Yeah, Keldson could do it. Uh, Patrick Arrington tied for 21st? Oh boy. Uh Cabrera Bello tied for 21st. Uh should I yeah, Henrik tied for 13th for with Phil. We're, we don't you <laughs> We have got we've we've got over this before.
1: Whenever we're talking about a major championship, Henrik extension should be treated like the the, the word cunt. <laughs> like you you don't even say it. And you, you get bleeped if you say it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying he's a cunt necessarily. He's a great player. He's, I actually kind of like
0: him. He seems but like kind of an like. I'd like to sit down and drink scotch with Henrik Stenson.
1: I would too. Yeah, well, the, I don't know about that, but I think he's very funny and likable. It's just like it, it, he he casts a black cloud over over the the podcast. <laughs> you know. <laughs> but All right. uh, well, so he will not be no, brought up. So
0: those are basically just some names to consider.
1: Well, you know, Soren Keldson uh, I like Swan He is successful with the Lynx golf. Mm-hmm. He is a, a gritty guy. He won the Irish open that I went to and it was miserable. Yeah, I was. I mean, it was a great time had by all, but it was hailing. It was inhospitable. Mm-hmm. He almost fucked it up, but he did win the tournament. And uh, you should see this putt that he made on the 18th old it had no business going in. It was like a foot long, but. He uh, He's a tough guy. I wouldn't say that he would win the tournament necessarily, but... Uh, Might I think the same he,
0: thing as Dan Lee, where maybe like a late flyer, like DraftKings, a guy, guy who's got a good, great chance to finish in
1: the top ten. Definitely a good DraftKings pick for Soren Keldson. Okay. I'm intrigued by Graham
0: McDowell, but he's been so bad for he's such so a long time it's like I just can't do I it. I want to like Graham McDowell. That's the thing. Is like, I like Graham McDowell, like the golfer, like the human. He seems like a pretty cool, chilled out, chilled out dude, but there's just something I can't put my finger on that just he's just been so all over the place especially last year he was bad he kind of cleaned it up a little bit when the winter season came along and the the official 2016 season started i'm not
1: sure where he is right now (laughs) don't have the confidence what you know we this worked out the last time um when we told everybody to that he was undervalued for the u.s open Mm -hmm. i'm sure he'll be undervalued again jim furik so you never think of him as being successful in the open championship but why not does the course really matter to this guy? He's so consistent in the United States. Then why should it be any different overseas?
0: Well, Jim Furyk's at plus eight thousand. Sounds good to me. Mm-hmm. Eighty to one.
1: How did he do last week? Did he play last week in the Scottish Open? In the United States or anywhere? Uh, or the week. Well, what's the last tournament he played? How did he finish?
0: Well, I can certainly look you that up. Type for that here. up. Get your hand one up. one-handed out of your ass. Yes, sir. All right, Jim Furyk. Results, this is great radio. Um, Jim
1: Furyk results are very scintillating. His
0: last tournament was the Bridgestone. Okay. Tied for 42nd.
1: Okay, come
0: on. Plus nine. That's fine. But since the U.S. Open tied for second, Quicken Loans National tied for 21st at minus four. Okay. WGC Bridgestone tied for 42nd at plus nine. Made the cut. That course is so long. The WGCs don't have a cut
2: whatever <laughs> he, he, he would have made he would have made
0: the cut had there been one top 42 isn't it only the top 50 players in the world at those things then
1: he would have missed the cut in all likelihood <laughs> but hey that course is long as hell it, it's very inappropriate it's very un-Jimmy I'm still on Jim
0: Furyk okay for a top 10 finish in this tournament okay well I mean it's proven he's an American you know he doesn't have the ball very far that's what I'm saying it seems like a true those things can work out Okay. That's all it took. So, All right, so let's give everybody a little bit of a preview. From everything that I've heard, again, Troon, not an obnoxiously long golf course. I think it plays 70, like 7,100 yards or something like that. It plays long, though, does it not? Well, again, half of it's with the wind and half of it's not. So it half plays long. Half plays long. But the, the home stretch, again, I've never actually played Royal Troon, but I've tried to read a lot about it just so when I talk about it, I don't sound like a complete dill. And so... The last four or five holes are pretty brutal um, from what I understand. But they're into the wind. They're long, which means the ones that run parallel to it in the opposite direction most certainly going to be at least a little bit with the wind. Um, From the tips, number one, seal. 367-yard par four. For these guys, that seems totally manageable. Number two, and keep on. These are all with the wind.
1: We're not going to go through all the holes, are we? Oh, I'm just real quick, <laughs> quickly
0: like this. I'm saying for to, to get it started here. Number two, BlackRock, three hundred and ninety yard par four. Number three, Gulls, oh, three hundred and seventy seven yard par four. I mean, this these, are, all, are, these all sound appropriate for me. Exactly, but I mean these these are all three straight par fours under four hundred yards. These guys don't get to see this very often, so I would think that. A lot of these guys are really going to have to take advantage of these first couple holes so they can withstand the bloodbath that almost assuredly will be waiting for them once they hit you know, the, the 12th, 13th hole, right? Yeah, well, yeah, definitely. Uh, Number five, 555-yard par-5. Okay. Six, Grennan, 209-yard par-3. Whatever. Still kind of with the wind. Uh, sixth hole, 601-yard par-5. That's a little more PGA Tour-ish. But then, seventh, 401 yard par four. Um, The postage stamp eighth hole, 123 yards. I mean, so the front nine, number nine, 422 yard par four. That's the longest par four on the front nine. It's 422. It's a pretty short nine. Yeah, but that's that's the thing. Is like I wonder if it's because those are the holes that are supposedly majority of are with the wind. The golf course gets. Significantly longer on the back nine, and that's when you're going into the wind. What is the weather forecast? Now it's supposed to be bad, right? It's supposed to be ugly. I mean, it's supposed to be bad rain or bad wind? uh, Both Friday through Sunday. Interesting. Yeah. So, and then that's another thing is like, do do we want to put stock into guys who have a reputation for playing exceptionally well in really awful weather? Is this the Brent Snedeker theory? That's uh, so what I said. It's like Brent Snedeker comes to mind just from the way that he performed at Torrey earlier this year when it was just basically the wind and the rain was just blowing trees and innocent little children, and Brent Snedeker just out there just killing the game and winning golf tournaments.
1: Snedeker seems like a guy in general who would maybe play well in an Open Championship. I don't know if he ever has, but mm-hmm. it seems like he would.
0: I... Don't I don't remember him ever chasing a
1: lead in an open. I certainly don't remember that. But he might have.
0: I want to say he does have a top ten. A top ten. Maybe more. I I, But to me I don't have a way to verify, I'm sorry. But but I I do find myself mentally
1: gravitating toward the the grinder type player. Mm -hmm. Um So you like Zach Johnson again this year? Yes I do. Yeah. I do like Zach Johnson this year. In fact, what the hell? He's gonna win. That's my pick. Yeah. I don't even care.
0: Damn, he came right out and fucking did it. Zach Johnson. We we weren't even there yet, and you fucking just killed him. I don't know the agenda.
1: I like it. Zach Johnson, I actually kind of think that guys defending their championships lose a little bit of fire. Mm -hmm. But uh,
0: he's he's always, you can't go wrong with that guy. Yeah. That's dope. All right. I'm going to very quickly go through the rest of these here real quick. Uh, Tenth hole. Now that we're going into the wind. All right. Tenth hole. 451-yard par-4. Oh, my God. Why don't they switch the wind? <laughs> number 11, 482-yard par-4. That's difficult.
1: Maybe Zach Johnson
0: won't Hole 12, 430-yard par-4. Yeah, okay. Hole number 13, 473-yard par-4. Who laid this golf course out? <laughs> Some kind of a dick. A idiotic, right? 178-par-3, 499-yard par-4, the 15th. What happened? The sixteenth is a 554-yard par five. The seventeenth, 220-yard par three, and finally the 458-yard par four, labeled Kragend. But that's
1: a loony back nine. <laughs> is that like 4,000 yards?
0: I don't have the whole scorecard in front of me, but it's got to be chunky. I so mean,
1: you know what this golf course? It's almost like. A marriage <laughs> like it starts off downwind <laughs> and drivable <laughs> and it's you know it's, it's oh, another short par four and then th- you make the turn and all of a sudden the wind is in your face and it's a 480 uh, yard par four and then when you barely you, when you think you recovered from that it's a 490 uh, yard par four and then you know and then the last hole's another 480 yes yard par have four. a
0: 220 yard par three just 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 as a little break. You know and just, then just, by just the relax end, here at the bit. end of it you're broke.
2: <laughs> that
0: if everything that I've read is correct and that back nine plays into the wind and the front nine plays with the wind What the what are we going to see out? Are we going to be seeing a lot of like 30 40s? 30 42s? Is it, that that could be in play,
1: especially yeah. if the if the weather's getting kind of ugly? I think I would shoot 15 strokes higher on the back nine of the golf course you just described so we definitely could see that now it does make me think is there any way to bet that probably
0: not there almost has to be i mean if we go not look at bavada there's they've got to have enough stuff we, we should get our gambling friend john onto the podcast he, he's a master of golf prop bets i think i think he's
1: had some golf betting success as a matter of fact he's actually quite won a money. bit but um
0: not that we haven't. This is why we have no. a podcast, bro. Sure, sure. So
1: I, I think a good strategy for betting these these golf tournaments for the first couple of rounds, like if you're going to bet uh, head-to-heads for the first round or first-round leader, that sort of thing, uh, or even just to bet top 10s and top 20s for the tournament, mm-hmm. is to see if you think, based on the weather report, and I know it's tough for the Open Championship, but see if you think, based on the weather report, there's going to be a better part of the draw. That is the best thing you can do for yourself with gambling. Uh Because, yeah, the, the bookmakers, they look at that and stuff, but they don't necessarily factor that in to the extent that it really has an effect on the outcome. And it has a huge effect. Hmm. You see the players bitch and moan and complain when they get the bad end of a draw, and that tells you something because it makes a difference of several shots a lot of the time. So if you can look at the weather forecast and see, hey, there's a guy going early late or let's say late early. Sure. Because I guess the weather's the bad weather's gonna move in. So to me, if that's if it's supposed to be bad weather Friday, Saturday, Sunday, then it's possible that if the bad weather doesn't move in until the middle of Friday or the mid-morning.
0: Everybody head out in the morning. It's going to have a that big the time the late, advantage. The
1: late Thursday guys and the early Friday guys might be the way to go. Now, I don't know if that is the forecast. You kind of have to keep checking that. Place your bets as late as possible. Yes. That, that's another strategy. Although, if you have a hunch that uh, you know, some guy is getting sexed up by the media and you <sighs> think his odds are going to go down, then put the bet in on him as early as you need to. But all else being equal, wait until the weather forecast pans out.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to look up the, the most current weather forecast. that uh, We need the hour-by-hour hour weather forecast. I mean, so far we have temperature on Thursday, high 59 degrees, winds Ooh. at 5 to 10 miles an hour with five gusts near 20 miles per hour, partly cloudy skies, less than 5% chance of rain. Sounds,
1: sounds pretty good. So, so a day like that, it's going to be the morning guys who have yeah. the advantage because the wind will be down.
0: Yeah, so the Thursday was nice. Friday, temperature high of 62, winds at 10 to 15 with gusts over 20. Light rain anticipated the whole day with 60% chance of precipitation. I would, well, based on that, I would say that uh,
1: probably probably early late mm-hmm. would be the way I would go because it sounds like the better on Thursday will be the morning. Yeah. And Friday is all going to be kind of similar. Uh, the rain might soften up the course, keep it soft all day, so it's not going to harden out for the afternoon, guys. Sure.
0: Yeah, I'll buy that. Uh, Saturday, temperature high 62, winds 10 to 15 with 25 miles per hour gusts. Uh, forecast, windiest day yet and buffeted by a 40% chance of rain showers in the morning. Chance of rain drops to 20% in the afternoon. This forecast doesn't seem that horrible to me. It seems like, I think it was worse yesterday. it seems as though, They're not thinking there's
1: going to be any stoppages.
0: Yeah, it seems as though it, it's certainly been, well, in the Open Championship, how often have you seen play being stopped because of rain? Uh, well, I, you remember...
1: The Monday finish that we had to put up with uh, was it last year? <laughs> it Might have been last year. I mean,
0: like it—it it has to really rain, though. It did. I mean, it did. But it, they, they it seems—they were squeegeeing. To, it seems to me that this is not this is a much better than what I was reading yesterday. San
1: Andrews probably doesn't drain as well as a lot of other links courses either.
0: Yeah. Uh, Sunday, high sixty-four. Morning showers anticipated again with seventy percent chance of rain. Seventy.
1: So, so rain-wise, each day is worse than the day before it.
0: Yes. Interesting. Uh, Friday supposed has a higher percentage of... Okay. Well, it says precipitation compared to rain. (laughs) Come on. Idiots. Precipitation. Golf week. British. Dummies. Weather
1: forecast. So anyway, keep an eye on the weather. See who's going to get the better end of the draw. And uh, that is the main advantage that you can get. And then it's all the same standard stuff. Recent form... Nobody really has enough course history to think much about that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and then if you're picking a winner, uh, I still... The Open has
0: been played here in 12 years. There's right. very few guys, like none of the young guns have no. ever played an Open Championship here no, before. No, so
1: not a huge disadvantage for those guys.
0: Right. Uh, so we went over to the Scottish Open, you know, listened to some guys that, you know, played well there, taking that into consideration. Um, The last six times this championship has been played at Royal Troon and Americans won it. Just still pretty crazy. I still can't believe Todd Hamilton was the last guy to win an Open Championship at Royal Troon. It's pretty cool. It's it's pretty wild. Um, there was an article that I saw, and this is going to segue into kind of going through some of the, the marquee groups that are going to be playing together tomorrow. But our friend, the the same one we referenced earlier, sent us an article a couple of days ago. I think it was a little bit old, but essentially it was an article about how PGA players play better when they're paired with elite players which I totally understand because I play better when I play with really really yeah with really good golfers sure um so it kind of makes me want to say oh well what are some groups where there's a couple like legitimate studs that have a real chance to win this thing playing with other studs so allow me to go over some of the marquee groups um I told you play will begin at 6 35 in the morning local time at Royal Troon and the very first group to go off is going to be Colin Montgomery Mark Leishman, Luke Donald. Mark Leishman has, what, uh, a tie for second and another top five in the last two years of the Open Championship?
1: Leishman's just a great player, but he's the best player out of that group, so I think it's hard to say that playing with those other guys is going to step his game up. Just because Colin Montgomery won the Order of Merit 11 times and, 11, and Luke whatever. Donald was for former world number one, and these days they would both, you know, do you shine Mark Leishman's balls? Do you think he's got a well chance
0: to actually win this thing? He was in the playoff last year, absolutely. Yeah.
1: Mark Leishman, I've gone down on the good ship Leishman a lot of times in major championships. I bet on him in the in the Masters mm-hmm. a million times. I like him a lot. I don't see why he can't win one of these tournaments. He's got a good attitude. He's more fiery than you might even think that or give him credit for. Mm-hmm. Uh, no reason he couldn't win it. Sure. Okay. I don't know what his recent form is. Take that into account. But yeah. he's a stud.
0: I like Mark Leishman as well. Um Next group, with then next group. Um, <laughs> no, no, no. Scottish uh, The next group with anybody worthwhile. That uh, nice young guy from Spain, John Ram, and Ryan Palmer. John Ram. John Ram. Oh, Ram. John Ram. At six fifty-seven, Sandy Lyle, Scott Gregory, okay, amateur, okay, right, and David right. Duval. Yeah, I think the uh, so the winner may not come from that. group. Let me go ahead and jump to uh, some t- some groups where the players actually matter. Um, Seven thirty. Under the radar: Alex Norin, Stephen Bowditch, Kevin Chapel. Oh Chappell.
1: Uh, man, I mean Bowditch has been you know struggling with whatever the hell he's struggling with lately. <laughs> uh, Norin, I guess, just won the Scottish Open, so he's got good form. Yeah, uh, but I don't know enough about him. I know I think he's from Denmark, if I'm not mistaken. Sweden. Sweden. Whatever. He's like, a Norwegian, like, though. Same difference, right?
0: No. So uh, he's a. Uh, there's a bridge. Jesus, I live there. Is there there's not a not bridge? No, 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 there's, there's not a bridge. Um, it's a little bit too much water. He's Scandinavian. Jesus, I'm such a fucking idiot. Wow. So. Uh, <laughs> my vices have really got the best of me. Oh, my.
1: So, uh, obviously, the, the class of that group is Chapel, and he has been playing pretty well mm-hmm. lately, but uh, I don't think he's quite ready to win
0: a major. Yeah. Your boy, uh, Jim Furyk, goes off in the next group at 741. He's been paired with... Uh, Thorbjorn Olsen out of Denmark it's and hot. Sir Darren Clark. That's interesting.
1: I I like Furich. Olsen always manages to play a good tournament here. Yeah, and there. totally.
0: Um and then you got uh a couple of what I've considered to be like pretty interesting groups. Uh at 752, you got the Barnrat, Lingmurth and Justin Thomas all together in one group.
1: Lingmurth has a way of uh challenging for wins a mm-hmm. lot. Yeah. Justin Thomas, uh, probably the best player in the group. There's
0: but. a lot of Scandinavians in, in, on tour right now. This is pretty awesome. Yeah. Um,
1: it's light late up there. They get to play a lot. That's true. Fact. Uh,
0: 803, Brandon Grace, Patrick Reed, and uh hun An. Mm.
1: That is a cool group. I'm yeah. going to try to watch a lot of them yeah. playing that'll, around. That'll be pretty cool. Patrick Reed, for some reason, I just can't go there anymore. I, I like him. I, I think he's really, really good. Yeah. Uh, I, I just can't. keep He's proven for that him he's not going to win when you're counting on. Well, him. Well, he wins tournaments sometimes. He's good in the Ryder Cup, so mm-hmm. he's good under pressure. But yeah. um, I'm not sure why he isn't winning majors yet. They're hard to win. That's they are hard to win. Number one, and there's but, only four of them
0: you can win every year. But I, I just don't think I'm comfortable taking him to win. Yeah. Um. All right. Very next group, our boy Brent Snedeker, and he's uh. Yeah, uh, paired... I don't even. Yeah, Fung Chai Jadi and Paul Lowry, whatever. Yeah, I'm gonna have to skip that group. Uh eight twenty five. I love Louie. You love Louis. Everybody loves Everybody Louis. loves Louie. I mean he was in the playoff last year, but then I looked a little more into it, thinking that, oh well, you know, both times like you know, the last two open championships at St Andrews, I can remember, he won one and he lost a playoff in the other. Like Louis this is sets up for Louis, but then I researched a little bit further and found out that I don't think he has another top ten. In any other open championship,
1: mm. he can always pop up and surprise you. Yeah, but I love Louis. I, I, I never like talent. I would never
0: bet against Louis because I, I just really like his game. He's really good. Right. Um, and he's paired with uh, Podrick and Jamie Donaldson. Jamie Donaldson always worth a flyer on that guy. Yeah. You like you like some Jamie, I'm gonna Jamie
1: gonna Donaldson? Stick, yeah. I'm going to stick with the theory. I think not only of Americans who don't hit it that far and who have grit, but uh, British, cold weather type people yeah. who are slightly underheralded. i mean yeah. everybody knows jamie donaldson at this point but man, what the hell i mean every, somebody's got to be the next danny willett
0: yeah totally all right so let's go on to the next group basically of any consequence here uh i kind of got to jump kind of far ahead i'm gonna go all the so way So, are you
1: telling me that when i'm staying up to watch this i'm gonna like not have anybody worth watching for a well, while
0: in the morning you're gonna have plenty of guys to watch and by the time they oh finish one of those i see by the time they're finishing the guys worth watching are now going back out again oh good thank god um then you jump all the way to just afternoon at 1209 former open champion ben curtis going out with john daly that's uh is it just the two of them uh, no and uh an amateur from italy Named he's Stefano gonna have, Mazzoli. He's going to have quite the experience. He certainly is. Uh, sweet, you know, ceremonial group at 1231. Todd Hamilton, Justin Leonard, Mark Calcovecchia. That's cool. That is pretty cool. Um, Justin
1: Leonard might win. Why Why wouldn't he? Yeah, That'd be just a big fuck you to everybody. It'd <laughs> be a very
0: Justin Leonard-y thing to do. Yeah. Uh, 1242, Keldson, uh another Dane, uh, Lassie Jensen, and Bill Haas. Billy Haas.
1: Yeah, I've been burned by the Bill Haas <laughs> son. <laughs>
0: uh let's see here
1: but yeah keldson for all the reasons i spoke of before worth taking a look at yeah
0: thoughts on charles Schwartzel?
1: he's a great player you can all, there are a lot of guys who you always can count on to have a chance of winning mm-hmm. not every tournament of course but that they have the talent to win yeah. a major and Schwartzel's one of them i don't tend to pick Schwartzel. i don't know why it's hard to say why certain guys resonate with you, that you pick them over and over yeah, again. And some guys, why. you just don't go to that well very often. But for me, one of the guys I don't tend to prefer or bet on is Schwartzel. Yeah, And I, it's not a knock against his It might stem skill. more from
0: just a, a personal dislike of the man, Yeah, not, not so much the golfer. Not that he really has anything worth disliking. It's just we don't vibe. You should either let gambling be only emotional or never emotional. You shouldn't do what
1: I'm doing, which is like this weird Toyota Prius <laughs> of like betting on guys who I think are going to win, but I also like them. And uh, maybe,
0: you know, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, cool group, Cooch and uh, Graham McDowell going out with Andrew Johnston at tw- uh, 115. I'm going to pass on watching most of
1: that. I- I'm interested in seeing how McDowell
0: does. But the group right after, Phil. Lee Westwood Ernie Ells. interesting one group interesting that's kind of fun um I don't think Westwood I, uh, did surprisingly well at the US he's Open he's been he playing not? very well um oh two power groups going off in the afternoon so these guys are going to be playing this is basically gonna be like the two marquee matchups back to back in the afternoon on Thursday and then the morning on Friday at 204 Dustin Johnson Martin Keimer Russell Knox interesting the very next group who goes out at two fifteen: Zach Johnson, Adam Scott, and then Henrik. But we're trying not to say his name. Right. But I mean, Zach Johnson, Adam Scott. Now, yeah. I like Adam. Do you? I would like Adam coming in. Well. Do you? Well, first of all, I mean, when have you ever not enjoyed looking at Adam Scott or watching he, him swing a golf club? He,
1: I love watching him swing a golf club, but he does bother me to look at it for
0: some reason. <laughs> just too much handsomeness all he in one package
1: definitely handsome but he's disturbing <laughs> it's like he doesn't have any he doesn't have more than one facial expression whoa
0: just blew my mind <laughs> <laughs> but no that'll
1: obviously be a great stretch there's there's no sane reason to think that dustin johnson
0: won't win this golf tournament yeah he, he's playing so well it's hard for me it's going to be hard for me not to pick dj or not to put money on dj um and then after those two groups there're certainly guys worth watching but in terms of like groups what
1: about Spieth and McElroy? Yeah, where what the hell is going on with that?
0: Where the hell do those guys go?
1: And Jason Day, a lot of players we haven't even heard from.
0: <laughs> yeah, who are these guys? Oh my. Are they
1: are they doing split tees? They usually do, don't they? Maybe they don't. I thought they did. Maybe they don't.
0: Jordan Spieth, <laughs> Tell oh, me, Jesus, look at me. How can I go over this? Jordan Spieth going out at 9.03 in the morning with Justin Rose and oh, Shane Lowry. That's the group. That'll be, that'll,
1: if I were out there, I'd follow Boy. that group. You think that Spieth could do well in a course like this. He kind of fits the mold, but it just doesn't seem like he's
0: mentally How did that skip happy over, i think i just skipped over this whole chunk because these guys are all basically within like three groups of each other yeah <laughs> yeah you missed like one of the marquee <laughs> pairings no because they have spieth justin rose shane Lowry at 903 the group right after that is the steve stricker vj ross fisher group okay that's an interesting crew 925 danny willett ricky fowler jason day
1: that group is thick Lots of Mackin involved. Just
0: slathers of titty butter rubbed all over that's that group. Very much so. Uh, Nine thirty six, Matsuyama, Bubba Watson, Rory. Oh man, that's like a group of
1: like guys who love to get peeved. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Matsuyama has a has a real sulk uh, that he likes to put on too. He I most only, certainly does. He's a, he's very sulky. He's slack-shouldered. He really. <laughs> Matsuyama's got more than one facial expression, <laughs> uh,
0: but three of, three out of four of those groups are awesome, right? I mean, like really are going to be really really fun to watch. I'm looking forward to being very entertained. Yeah, so
1: that's in the morning. So actually,
0: you got you got a lot of action in the morning. Fowler yeah. tends to play well
1: in links style What's courses. What's up with Ricky Fowler lately? He played well at the Irish Open that I went to, except he uh, then he 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 eagled a hole and then he went and took two eights. So he can go either way. Well, Ricky,
0: Ricky misses the cut at the U.S. Open, and then plays poorly again. He's not in good form. Yeah, I mean, to win, to even place top ten, I yeah, would probably, think probably probably not.
1: Not for Ricky Fowler's always a little bit overbet because he he hasn't lost his cuteness yet, although it's going to happen soon. Hmm. So uh,
0: as much as I want to bet on Dustin Johnson, because you just there's no real reason not to wager your money on Dustin Johnson right now. Um, if you're doing something like DraftKings and you're going top 10, how could you not choose Jason Day? All the guy does is win or finish in the top 10 right now. Well, there's no top 10 on DraftKings. Bovada. Bovada, yeah. I mean, like plays top 10. In DraftKings, I've never See, played Jim DraftKings. Furek made the cut. I've never played DraftKings before. Uh, so you're going to have to excuse me, but don't you get points if the guys finish like, high? Yes, you do. Oh, okay. It's
1: like exponentially higher, the better the finish.
0: Oh. So ideally, you want to pick the guys that finished first through f- sixth? Yes. Oh, huh, I
1: see. That's very much right. Okay. Got it. But, uh, you know, no, you got to pick that guy. Um, I'm just getting back at you for the Jim Furyk, uh <sighs> didn't make the cut at the Bridgestone bar earlier. It <laughs> <laughs> still lingers with me how you embarrassed me in front of our listeners. <laughs> how, how dare you? It's uh, fantastic. I'm how sorry. I'm sorry to you do that. you? shouldn't even say that. you got to get, a like, a whiteboard to write that <laughs> stuff down so that the... the you know, it's like when two parents are you know in front of the kids and one embarrasses the other one. It's just so wrong.
0: And they have to just put a smile on them when they get back to the bedroom. Your they th- just
1: your dad's a retard. <laughs> I'm I'm the one who's right.
2: <laughs> oh,
0: this is also just and, so I, fantastic. and I mean that
1: in a in a way that's a character I was playing.
0: Oh, uh, that's great. Well, all right. So now that we got that, let's just jump into a couple of the odds from uh, Bavada's got right now because now all we do is just make basically make some picks couple of gambling you know ideas and then we're going to leave these people to be so they can enjoy this fucking golf tournament this weekend it's so soon um by the way first hole specials <laughs> i can't do
1: it can't do it again do you remember what that first hole was it's like a 375 yard par four.
0: 367 yard par four tends to be with the wind
1: mm-hmm. uh now what do we have in terms of drivability is it is it theoretically drivable
2: I
0: probably not right probably not um Rory McIlroy in the first hole, birdie or better, plus two seventy-five. Really, but I mean that doesn't sound too bad. Birdie or better, yeah, you get like almost three to one. Uh, makes par, minus two hundred. Par or better or par just, par just par on on the dot. Hmm. Bogey or worse, plus five fifty.
1: I, I would take the birdie. Yeah, I'd bet on the birdie.
0: Yeah, almost three to one on the bird. Yeah, that sounds. That sounds pretty good to me. Yeah, that's not bad. Yeah, that's not bad at all. All right. Odds to win. Who, before I start giving you odds, is there anybody off the top of your head that based on everything we've gone over, you kind of like heading into this weekend?
1: Yeah, I'm intrigued by the Andy Sullivan situation. Okay. Now, this is without having investigated his other recent finishes. For all I know, he's been playing like a dog lately. But he is one of these sleepers. He's one of these sleeper types. Oh,
0: well, Andy, at plus 800. Plus 800? Eight, I'm sorry, plus 8,000. Yeah,
1: see, that's good. That That's what you're looking for.
0: Yeah, that's not bad at all.
1: That's undervalued. It's still enough juice to get your blood pumping.
0: I see I see the bet that I already know that you and I are both going to like quite a bit. Mm. And that's Soren Kjeldson. Plus 17,500.
1: Yeah, see, it's just such a long shot for him to win, but... That's nice money. Mm. That is nice money. That's real nice money. Might have to put a a, a dub on that. <laughs> and by that, I mean $2. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, so if I'm going over the top, um, DJ and Jason Day are both tied as the favorites at plus 800. Rory at plus 900. speeth at 1,000. Adam Scott jumps up to the next best odds at 22. There's that big a gap. Yeah, It goes all the way to 22. Speeth at plus 1,000 and then jumps to Adam Scott at plus 2,200. That's very interesting. Brandon Grace at plus 2,500. Mm-hmm. What do we, how do we feel about Brandon Grace heading into this weekend? He's he's good. He could do just fine.
1: But Can uh, he win? Yeah, definitely. I'd rather have him at 2,500 than Adam Scott at
0: 2,200. Hmm. Okay. Somehow Ricky Fowler's still at plus 3,300. Because he's cute. He's Ricky Fowler. Right, he rides a motorcycle. Uh, or, Justin, a, or a dirt bike, excuse Justin me. Justin Rose, 3,500. Justin Rose, yeah, I guess. I don't know. Is he still hurt? I saw him uh, on his Instagram feed. Was posting a lot of pictures of him playing golf at all sorts of buttery courses around Scotland. Okay, like playing some Turnberry. Maybe he's trying too
1: hard though. Uh, I think to make us seem like, make it seem like he's not hurt. He
0: seems pretty chill. Seems like he's enjoying himself. I, I just I'm still kind of I don't think I don't I'm think, think I'm going to bet s- on
1: him. I'm a little scared right now of Justin Rose. Ordinarily, I see him at 3,500. I yeah. I run to the betting window, but but uh, <laughs> I to tell you that, to get back to a couple of the guys you mentioned. I think uh, Dustin Johnson is undervalued at plus 800. Yeah, And I would argue that Day might even be slightly undervalued at plus 800. Those are good bets. Those are both
0: good bets. Yeah, those are both good bets. Um, jumping into some other ones here. Shane Lowry at plus 5,000. Phil at plus 4,000. Low- Lowry is a good bet at plus 5,000. Um, Phil Mickelson and Lee Westwood both at plus 4,000. Give those a skip. And then you jump over, you get Danny Will at 5,500. Yeah, what happened? Is he doing anything lately? We uh, don't even know. It's hard to tell. Really? really.
1: Uh, I would maybe skip him. I think maybe he's still hung over from the Masters a little bit. <laughs> Zach Johnson at plus 6,000. Same with Patrick Reed. Uh, Zach Johnson's plus 6,000. Take him. Yeah. Take him. Same with Pat Reed at plus 6,000. Reed, uh, it's not a bad value, but I don't think it's good enough for me to bet mm. 6,000.
0: Let's see here. Matsuyama plus 6,600.
1: That would ordinarily be good for Matsuyama too, but for some reason he just seems like he isn't quite the same guy all right this year,
0: lately i'm gonna be jumping into some a little more random names that i like and, and odds that i like mark leishman at plus eight thousand yeah definitely good yeah really good uh somehow brent snedeker jumps into plus nine thousand i don't like those odds because it seems a little high for a guy that hasn't been playing particularly well um yeah but the odds makers usually like him more than i do mm-hmm. uh well, I, I think the whole thing nine thousand
1: though is long for him. Usually, he's yeah. usually better than that.
0: Uh,
1: I, I don't like. I, I don't think I know. You know that Snaker's is going to win this tournament, so right. I, I would probably take a skip on that. But he probably would have nice value for a top ten.
0: I think so. Uh, I having a tough
1: time. It, you looking. know, you can you just sort of guess as to what it might Shit. be. Shit! If it's good for one, it's good for the gander.
0: <laughs> All right, go down a little bit further here. Um... Okay, Alex Noren plus ten thousand. <laughs> okay, Scott Piercy plus ten thousand. He's obviously been playing well. Scott's been playing really, really well. I'm... He's Pierced my
1: heart <laughs> with his his
0: good play. Uh, Danny Lee plus twelve thousand five
1: hundred. Yeah, I just don't think he's ready to win. But good, it'd be great value on a PGA Tour event, even if you know it had the same uh-huh. size of the field and strength yeah. and everything.
0: Justin Thomas plus seventeen
1: thousand five hundred. Hmm. I, I like. I, he's one of these guys I like betting on emotionally, but he tends to, I think, uh, not have the 72 hole staying power yeah. that you need to win a tournament like this. Totally.
0: Uh, Soren Kjeltzen, plus 17,500. Yeah. I like might, that. Might as well. I like that. John Rahm, plus 20,000. Is Deshambo in this? Probably not, right? Didn't I, qualify. Don't, I think I would have seen him already. No, okay. I don't think so. Hmm.
1: Um, Rahm is a, a good player. He, that, Fits in with the strategy of picking talent to have a high finish, like top 20 for ROM. Might be good. Pretty good. Uh,
0: Billy Haas plus 22,500. Yeah, I'm going to give him a timeout. Still on timeout. <laughs> Kevin Nah plus 25,000.
1: Hey, you know what? Good pick. I'm serious. <laughs> it, yeah. That's a good pick.
0: I mean,. Why not? Why not? Why not? He's demonstrated enough to go low in enough different rounds where maybe he'll just go like and somehow won't have the one boneheaded round and maybe he puts himself into, into contention. Maybe
1: a guy like him will feel less pressure not being in front of American crowds that are kind of nastier. Mm-hmm. You know, no offense to Americans. I'm I'm one myself, but it's uh, kind of a tough crowd sometimes. And no, is an American, but the crowds over there, you know, it's not like a soccer match. Those golf crowds over there are super supportive and mm-hmm. polite and. Might be a little bit less stressful for him. Yeah. But but purely on an odds level, that's a great payday for a guy who's that high in the world rankings. Totally. Yeah. You look for those gaps between a guy's world ranking and the payoff, making sure that he doesn't, you know, that he hasn't missed like four cuts in a row or have some kind of injury.
2: Hmm.
0: What do you, is Smiley Kaufman really that much worse than Justin Tom Th- Justin Thomas? Yeah. Smiley Kaufman at plus forty thousand.
1: I mean yeah, I do think he's that much worse. Yeah, I do. Okay. Smiley Kaufman played just as well as Thomas for long stretches, but I don't know about winning a
0: major for Smiley Kaufman. That okay. that's a tough one. Justin Leonard at plus 100,000. <laughs> that's cool. Sean Daly at plus 125,000. They got some bets on that. I
1: saw on ESPN some some guys put like, you know, hundred spots down on Daly to win. Fuck yeah. I don't think that'll happen.
0: Marco Merit plus 125,000.
1: That's yeah, not going to happen either, but that'd be cool.
0: I don't know. A lot of good bets on here. Uh, among the top four guys, between DJ at plus 800, J-Day at plus 800, Rory at plus 900, and Spieth at plus 1,000. Which one?
1: I think it's clear that Dustin Johnson is the bet out of those four.
0: Yeah.
1: You can't go wrong with Day either, but uh, Johnson riding high. Plus 800 is, I would have guessed something closer to plus 600 or plus 550. It's killing the game right now. The only thing that was ever keeping anybody from betting on him every tournament was that he'd never won a major. Now that he's shown that he can do that, and he did it in surprisingly strong mental fashion.
0: Well, he's he's got a, he's got a great game for this. I mean, his ball flight, despite how beautiful and long his ball flight is, it's not high like it is sky high, sky high no. like Jason Day's. No,
1: it's piercing. It it is piercing. Scott yeah, piercing. <laughs> uh, I don't see how you really can think that anybody else objectively has a better chance of winning any yeah. any golf tournament no matter what conditions it's played in than Dustin Johnson does. That's the pick. That's the pick. Dustin Johnson's the pick to win. That's my pick. The pick to for gambling is Zach Johnson for me. Zach and for Jones. and and for my heart.
0: I like that Soren Kelton pick. Yeah. So my, my, my long shot pick. I like that. So scrape
1: together the the various comments that we've made throughout this segment and use that accordingly for planning your, your road to riches. Mm. Everybody. But mostly enjoy the tournament because... Yeah, it's going to be so much fun. You know, if fun. you find yourself with a bout of insomnia, you're usually like, <laughs> oh my God, this is so horrible. <laughs> what, what sort of pills do I have in my house that can get me to sleep? But... This week, you know, is the rare week where you can just say, "Hey, you know, I'm awake. It's all over now. I've got nothing. I've got nothing to gain. Let me just make a pot of coffee and make, uh, you know, get a croissant and uh, sit down and watch golf. It's Wait until the so morning good. comes and go to work. Well, I know that this upcoming weekend
0: we're going to be watching a lot of golf in the mornings and then playing golf in the afternoons, ideally. Um, and it's going to be awesome. It's going to be a, what I consider to be a, a perfect golf weekend. Oh my god! And if only I can just not play like dog shit, then we're going to be in great shape. You shot seventy-seven the other day. I have to tell that to our listeners. Thank you. I shot seventy-seven. Although I wasn't there,
1: He might be making it up. I think he's telling the truth.
0: Uh, it was the best score that I've posted in a long. That is a nice long time. It's nice when the seven is not
1: only the second number but the first number. Yes, in, <laughs> Cor- in the score that you should <laughs>
0: Correct, sir, and at Delmoni no less, mm. a member of the Pebble Beach family. Yeah, and they make they love. Make- by the way, for everybody listening. Love, love, love Del Monte. Old, oldest course in Monterey. It's like sixty three, sixty four hundred 6,400 yards from the tips. It is so much fun. It's not going to crack any top 100 list. It's not any by definition like a wonderfully you know, well-designed golf course, but it's just fun. It's just a super fun golf course. And they make a delicious can of green beans. <laughs> <laughs> oh, on that note, Everybody, happy open. Enjoy the open. We will be back next week, hopefully, with some hot takes. And hopefully, RNA can actually run a better golf tournament than their
2: American uh, counterparts. Shouldn't be hard. Fucking game. Until next week.